Welcome back to Watch Once Never Again, um, the podcast where we try to traumatize ourselves, but this movie didn't really do that, um, so that you don't have to. I'm Dex. <laughs> I'm Mary Beth. I'm back. Hi. She's back, y'all. I'm back, bitches. Thank y'all for all your patience. Um, I dealt with some crazy shit that I never want to deal with again, and uh, yeah, I'm back now. Hooray. Dealt once, never again. Yeah, experienced once, never again. Don't get old. So you were kind of here in the, in in spirit, I guess. Yeah, I was like I was embodying the ethos of the podcast by living it instead of watching it. You're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. It's true. I live hardcore, and by hardcore, it means helping clean my fiance's parents' house. That is bad <laughs> that's an understatement <laughs> but we'll go with it we'll go with it i don't know i don't want to freak anybody out <laughs> <laughs> well um i'm glad you're back me too i like you and also i don't want you to be traumatized um last week bob filled in for you my friend bob that you thank you bob know. i just know of bob Yes, and we got a lot of good feedback for that, so that's cool. Yeah, Thank I saw. You, um, can I tell my really fucked up story about Green Room, just as like an aside? Uh, yeah, I'll be upset because... if you don't. Okay, cool. So I have never actually finished Green Room, and there's a very specific reason why I have not finished Green Room, and it's because when I was watching Green Room with Steve a couple years ago, uh, my, my roommate at the time, who was one of my closest friends, came home and let us know that our friend and her boyfriend had passed away from a drug overdose. No! In the middle of watching Green Room. And I still can't watch Green Room after oh that. Oh, my God. Like, I cannot go back and... Like, I, I guess I can, but it feels weird. Like, every time I try to go back I and watch it, I get, like, overwhelmed a little bit. Because, like, he was a pretty close friend. And there was a lot of, like, a lot of history there with her and him, and it was just, like, in the middle of this movie, and it was, like, right with the box cutter, she walked in and delivered oh, that God. news. And I was like, well, that's a weird set of images to be in my head with this news. For real. So I'm I have that. that. Thank you. But, yeah, that's when you were like, can we talk about Green Room? I'm like, yeah, I think that's okay. Because I don't know if I – I think I could, but maybe not for the podcast. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know you what my reaction I, would be. when I texted you to ask if it was okay if Bob and I talked about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't want to pick anything that you were, like, um, really focused on talking about. Like, I didn't want to – I didn't want to make you feel left out at all. So I, I wanted to pick something you. that, you know, maybe – Maybe you you wouldn't care that much about. Um, I don't know how I because you never told me that story. You told me you never mm -hmm. finished it, but you never said why. So I was like, just good, like okay, like you don't have to tell me why, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I I like had a feeling that uh, that one would be safe for Bob and I to pick. Yeah, and it sounds like you guys had a really really awesome conversation about the punk scene and protecting young girls and i'm glad that that was a conversation that was had because i definitely would not have been able to contribute a ton to that as as much as didn't you fight someone at a show i did fight someone at a show but it wasn't yeah, a punk so show you're a liar well it wasn't a 
wasn't it was an animal collective. It was not a punk show. I just fought someone. You I, must have tell. I told that story on the podcast? Okay. Well No, right. you said it to me. Okay. So guys, we really don't want to talk about this movie, so we're gonna just talk about all this other shit. Um we can talk about whatever we want. It's our show. Not yours. <laughs> okay, so I went to a music festival with a couple friends in Philly. This was in Philly. And, you know, it was it was like a weird lineup. It was like Mac DeMarco and Animal Collective. I don't know. It was like Stoner Stoner Central. So we were there for Animal Collective. <laughs> we were you've never heard of Animal Collective? I've heard of them. I have no idea what they sound like. Not at all. I don't even know how to describe it. A lot of noises. Um, anyway, so my friend, I went with a, a group of my very close friends and it was a good time. And my friend said, Hey, animal collective goes on soon. Do you want to do some acid? And I said, fuck it. I'll do some acid. So I did some acid. And whilst I'm standing in the crowd with my friends waiting for animal collective to start and for my acid to kick in, a very drunk man comes up to my close friend and I, and he is like grabby. And very, like, can't stand very straight and is, like, not coherent. And so his friend is with him who is more coherent. And I was like, hey, you're, like, your friend here is, like, kind of having a time. So, like, can we do something about this? And he was just like, oh, he's harmless. Well, cut to, like, five minutes later when his harmless friend takes his hands and lunges at my friend's neck and tries to grab her. I, drugs are kicking in. I go full mama bear. And, like, I am, like, six inches taller than this guy and my friend. I'm a tall person. I scream, no, and I yank her away, and I start yelling in his face, and his friend calls me a psycho. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, get the fuck away from my friend. Um, and the guy left because I was making such a scene. I love that. It's, it Good. was insane. And then the music played. <laughs> My friend, I did not let go of my friend the entire All time. Well, <laughs> it's like, nope. Oh, well, just good. These fucking guys need to be uncomfortable. Yeah, these men can fuck off, and I don't care if you think I'm being mean. Your friend's a psycho, and you're also a psycho for, for saying that your friend is just drunk. Like, yeah, no, being drunk is not an excuse to grab a woman by the neck and expect a kiss or whatever the fuck you wanted. I will protect you at any cost, my friends. I will do whatever it takes. I'll fight a man for you. I love that. Even when I'm on drugs, I'll do it. That man, if he had been in a hardcore show, he would have definitely lost his life that day. I know. And that's what was really annoying to me because I was one of like, it was like my friends said something and everyone else was just staring at us. And I was like, is anyone else like want to give me some backup here? Like this guy's like physically physically is, uh, but I don't care. I was high, and guess what I did? I fought a man. Sorry, I get very angry about that when people at shows. I don't, I don't, I don't really know much of the punk like hardcore scene, so like I'm very used to people being very much like ignoring it, and I'm like, this is not appropriate. Well, they, it really depends. Like, um, I think there's a lot of sexism in punk and hardcore that um, yeah, people are not comfortable talking about. It's coming, mm-hmm. it's coming more to the forefront now. Um. No, and especially now that more women and and queer people are involved in the scenes, but yeah, um, it even so, even before that, like if a woman was like, "Hey, this guy grabbed me," like he's he's probably he's 
gonna die. Like, uh, <laughs> he will. <laughs> like, I mean, He's going I to experience death. was talking to. Um, uh, he's not actually my little brother. He's he's Lauren, my best friend's little brother. But I just consider him my little brother because I've known him since he was fucking three years old. Yeah. Um, and now he's like twenty six or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about we were in a ska band together. And Hell yeah! At one of the shows, he reminded me that we saw a guy get stabbed. <laughs> Because he was racist, and yeah, they they took him outside and and were beating him up, and then they took him across the street so that the venue wouldn't get in trouble, and they were, yeah, beating him up. Incredible. Him. <laughs> the stabbing part. Ah, no, you're racist. It's fine. Yeah, I. It's like I don't really remember the details. I remember it happening. I remember being there and seeing it happen, but like <laughs> just a casual stabbing. I was just like out of it, I guess, because I had just. I had just played or I was about to play. So like, I was like, you know, on 10. Yeah. So that was, he reminded me of that. And then he also reminded me that we, that I have definitely played, uh, Nazi bars, but I didn't remember cause I didn't know before we got there. Oh, yes. So wow. That's a thing. Holy shit. Wow. I must've repressed it. Cause I, I mean, I played all different, you know, all different places, but mm-hmm. um, obviously I would not go somewhere if I knew that's what it was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, like, sure I don't know. I out I left. Well, yeah, because I feel like. Oh. I guess, like, in watching Green Room. And this is like my very limited <laughs> limited experience with like skinhead bars. It's like I feel like you kind of know, but you don't know at the same time. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like a fine line. Maybe it's like they seem like skinheads, but maybe they're not. And like, oh, surprise. They actually are horrific Nazis. Well, yeah. And I, I don't think you got to listen to the episode yet. Or, or if you will, that was. I've that listened was to no. Po- I have listened to no podcasts at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was bold of me to assume have... that you would listen to it. Um, <laughs> but we do talk about that basically, like Bob and I, because you know, I'm just like, I don't, I won't get too far into it. But it's just like you cannot tell the difference unless they tell you that they yeah. are not racist. So, so to me, at a point, it's like. You know, you know, like punks, they'll be like, well, that's not what skinheads are. Real skinheads aren't racist. It's like, yeah, I know. But like you keep having to explain that to people because the racists took it. And like there's no getting it back at this point. Like, yeah, it's, it's done. And at, at what point are you like, well, you have to accept me because I'm helping. Like if if you're making the people <laughs> who you're helping uncomfortable you're not really helping like are you like you can have good intentions and you can be all like unity and like you know whatever but at the end of the day if you if if they can't trust you and they're telling you hey this is why i don't trust you and you're like well get over it well that's a problem (laughs) at that point in my opinion anyway like that i agree is kind of Maybe not doing harm, but, like, it's not helpful, certainly. No, exactly. Ugh, whatever. I won't go on about it. So, 
Should we talk about this movie? I mean, I fucking guess. Like, okay, so as a as a disclaimer, I guess we both watched this what two, three weeks ago at this yeah, point. Yeah, like it was right before Steve's mom went into the hospital. Yeah. So. Uh, no, because it was that night. Because it was that night that we were going to record, and we were delaying, and then Steve's mom went to the hospital that night, and I was like, "Well, glad, glad we didn't record." <laughs> I was just like, "Right, right, right." Out of commission. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it was it was two or three weeks ago at this point that we watched this. And this was like a watched once, never again, but not because it was disturbing, but because it was so just uh, boring. <laughs> yeah, it was very boring. This is Catherine Briott's 1999 film Romance, and it is lauded as her most well-known film, which I don't know if I agree with, but I don't know. No um, and it true. is, it's her most like well-known and controversial film. And let me tell you, I had a lot of expectations going into it and they were all just, they weren't hit. <laughs> it did not meet expectations. Dude, let I me agree. tell you that. I mean, so we'll let get me, into it, but yeah. let me just read you this quick synopsis of the film. It's very, very short. But so in romance, a young woman named Marie lives with her boyfriend, Paul, who refuses to have sex with her. She searches for intimacy beyond the bounds of traditional sexual limitations. She has a sexual relationship with Paolo. Paolo is played by a actual porn star. Rocco um, Sofredi. Rocco Sofredi, whom she meets in a bar. Her frustration also drives her to a series of relationships until she engages in sadomasochism with an older man. This... This plot synopsis also fails to acknowledge the fact that there is a live birth on camera and at the end she has a baby with the man who refuses to have sex with her. Yeah, and also so there's like a, a, a rape scene too. There is a rape scene in this film. There is a rape scene in this film and it's very bizarre in how it is framed. Um, is that after the sadomasochism? The, the S&M relationship? I think it's, I think it's right. amidst. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not by the guy. No, it's by a, ran- it, a, yeah. a random man. It's like when she gets home after a session. And yes, and she, happens. like, she, and she is, like, trying to engage in consensual sex, and then mm. it gets, it turns into rape very quickly. Uh, and on the steps of her apartment as her boyfriend is coming up the stairs. Yeah, it's like in the stairwell. And uh, I, I guess just to explain it, she's like um, like having oral sex performed on her. And then I guess the guy turns and he's like, you know, he attacks her. And yes. it shows it. And I hated it. It... Uh, I guess thankfully only lasts like seconds, I would say. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because there's like a similar moment where to Fat Girl, yes. where Anise, Anise is like, I'm not the victim. Like, I, I'm not a victim here. Maria has a similar moment where she's like, I'm not the victim. Like, you didn't do something to me. I'm pow- like, I have power. So there is that interesting through line in these, these two films about sexual assault and like women wanting to reclaim power in the face of that and trying to reframe their own trauma and reclaim it 
which is which is interesting. Um, it just doesn't really go anywhere in romance. Like it happens, and then it kind of just like the basically just to back up. This whole film is basically looking at one woman's experience with sexual sexuality and how she's. I perceive it as how she's almost punished for having sexuality. I would agree with that because I was actually going to say it feels a lot of the time so far in these movies that you know Briot is is sort of judging her own characters like for being yeah. sexual. I mean for being sexual having sex and it's like these women have to go through so many sexual trials and tribulations like in this film her her boyfriend who is an attractive model won't have sex with her and there's a lot of very uncomfortable scenes of her like trying which in a board again she borderlines on assaulting him because she right. keeps trying to force herself onto him and like grabs his penis without his consent gives him oral sex without consent he tries to stop her she won't stop and i'm like oh my god like this in itself is is horrendous but like she's always trying to get off and it doesn't work and she's always just portrayed as this like miserable woman who won't give a man what he wants and it's almost like it feels basically when she is raped and when there are parts of the like the S&M um, scenes that kind of she has a poor reaction to it always feels like it's her fault to me yeah. the way it's framed in the lead up to it it makes it feel like she's putting herself through this and there's no one to blame but herself for yeah, wanting I... to have like for these her sexual appetites exactly yeah I, I 100% agree it's just so weird like she just clearly is a little backwards, like Briot in her thinking, like reading some more interviews, like, and, uh, uh, I, yeah, I guess just in interviews. I was going to say like Q and A's, but that's like what an interview is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, she says like a lot of weird shit. I actually, uh, oh, shit, do I have it? I took a picture of one of the things she said in an interview because I was like, who says that? Let me see. I'll just pull it up. But um, it's like weird because this movie sounds like it'd be interesting like when you read about the like plot. But it really isn't. And also, I don't understand why it was so controversial because yes, there's sex in it and it's like, it seems like it's probably unsimulated. And... It is. It was confirmed unsimulated. So, like, it was actual, like, penetrative sex was had on set. Okay. So, there's that. And you, you see nudity, but it's not, like, it's not as what Like, it's no nymphomaniac. You know what I mean? No. Okay. So, this is the thing. This movie is considered controversial and disturbing because we as a society don't know how to handle sex is my like galaxy brain take about this movie, which isn't actually galaxy brain. But I think this movie is so controversial because they deign to show sex in like a realistic way. And by realistic, I mean like they have unsimulated, like unsimulated sex where he lasts like a couple minutes and she like barely doesn't seem to enjoy it. And then it's over. And like, Look, I can appreciate that because I think it's a much more realistic version of sex. It isn't like some this romanticized, pornographic, which is funny because he's a porn star in this scene. She has sex with the porn star. But this movie is like 
it's just so indicative of how we in Western society and society in general view sex as such a disturbing, scary, censorable thing when nothing fucking happens in this movie. And like the most sexual, like the most explicit thing is like a couple minutes of sex. And I just, it frustrates me to no fucking end that this is the kind of shit that gets people so riled up. And like, maybe I've just, I'm on the internet too much, but like, honestly, like the sex wasn't even like that. Like the same, like the, yeah, there's S&M in it, but like, it's not, again, that's supposed to, I feel like that at the climax of her being like, oh my God, she's doing BDSM with the schoolmaster of her school, the schoolmaster of her school, which is, which is a little weird, but the fact that she has this like this sadomasochistic relationship, I feel like it's supposed to be the climax. Like, look what she's done. And I'm like, I don't really think it's that shocking. I I definitely don't think like, it's shocking. It's that thing she, that we talked a, about before, like with yeah. BDSM being like, oh, BDSM. But like, she must be wild is, now. Exactly. <laughs> but the other thing is in this movie, like it, it's, there's the weird shit where like she cries and he lets her go and he like pets her. It's kind of awkward, but like there is like rules. It feels like, like there's some consent stuff going on. Like it's not like he's like whipping the shit out of her and there's blood everywhere. Like he binds, like he ties her up and there's like very, like very intimate way, like intimate camera work with how he ties the rope, like around her vagina and like around her body and how he kind of like touches her in very erotic spots. And then it's a gag and, in her mouth and she <clears throat> freaks out and she panics um which you know he's you adjusting and like i don't i just didn't think it was like in the realm of bdsm again it was i feel like it was a more like look they are engaging in bdsm <laughs> and it's like yeah. oh my god how dare she how dare he and it's like but he's tying her to a chair and i just don't feel like that's that explicit the only thing about the BDSM, I don't know if you notice this, but like she says, just don't tie my arms this time because it like I couldn't feel my arms for a couple days afterwards last time. And yes. he immediately he starts with tying her arms. And I think. Oh, I didn't remember time, that. Yeah, I think that might be the time that she freaks out. And he like okay. basically is like, you know, calm down. He says it nicely, but like still like you yeah he does that weird thing where he like said yes and that's bad that that is big 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 no but and like yeah uh, he that's actually yeah sorry 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 no you go what were you saying i was just gonna say that's actually treated as like kind of unceremonious like uh that's not weird (laughs) for some reason everything else is weird and and controversial and extreme but that part it seems actually to just be like pretty not quiet because she does cry but like it there's no like fanfare made about it no it's like very matter of fact you know what i mean like it's, yeah, it's yeah. almost det- it's almost detached like it's not sexual really yeah and it's well, the, not but like the whole upsetting like it's upsetting to us but like the movie doesn't treat it like it's upsetting like it does when you know yeah, Whatever and like that's happens. the thing. 
it's like I get the mo- like I the movie itself doesn't necessarily treat it as disturbing, but it's like I feel like part of the thing in the movie and how it's perceived is like, oh my god, there's sadomasochism in the movie. It's like, but the scene with that sadomasochism is actually probably one of the more tame, detached scenes of the entire film. Yeah, absolutely. But like this in- entire movie is so unsexy, and I know I that is the point of this movie because. It feel the whole thing is like about this coldness with sexuality, and it, I think again, and I think there's a fascinating thing here with like Briot shooting these very, se- like this actual sex scenes and having them be so cold. But it just feels like there's nothing else to say about it. Like it's a lot of it is just Marie laying in bed in various stages of undress, talking about how much she hates men, which like mood, I get it, but like <laughs> talking about like sex and relationships and just like talking to th- into the air and i'm just like i get okay like i get it i get it i get it it's I get actually it. pretty funny when you think about it because all the stuff that we really liked about fat girl just don't seem to work in this movie because right? a lot of the same like tricks and stuff are used like the really long drawn out um you know uh sex scene with Rocco Sofredi's character, I forget, Paolo. Yeah. Um, that's really long and drawn out, right? And and in Fat Girl, the scene with um, Anais and... What was his name? The, the like, the... creeper dude. I'm gonna name him Chad. I don't remember his name. Okay. Um, yeah, like, that was long and drawn out. And it's a lot of dialogue. In this one, it's a lot of dialogue. But for some reason, in this one, it it's grating. In the other so one, I... it worked and was like, ooh, movie magic, you know, writing. <laughs> and in this one, it's like, oh, my God, would you please film something else? Well, and I think it's because, like, in Fat Girl, it feels like there's some growth happening with the characters. And, like, you can see some development. But here, it feels like Marie is, like, the same person the whole time and is having the same conversations and the same soliloquies. And it's like, okay, the first time I was like, all right, I vibe. I get it. Like, I understand Catherine Briott's style. I understand these long takes of these, like, these, like, long moments of dialogue that are, like, seemingly innocuous but are important to development of the character. Like, I get it. But it just kept happening. And, like... And it didn't have any purpose. It just felt like an art house film that wanted to have sex in it for the sake of having sex in it. And then Briot wanted to talk about like the torturedness of women having to deal with sexuality. Like it just, it didn't have a purpose to me. It didn't. It just felt very meandering. That's actually a really good point that I hadn't thought about. Like the, this character, uh, Marie, right? She, correct. Yeah. She does seem to be the same throughout. And if anything, she a lot of the times does feel like the antagonist, like you were saying. And um, like a lot of her <laughs> monologues or soliloquies are like, and my husband like won't fuck me. And uh, I, I want him to fuck me. And he, you know, says this is what he needs from me. But I like need this. <laughs> it's like, okay, like. Why don't you talk to him about it? Why are you telling me? Yeah. I don't understand. I feel like I didn't, like, sign up for this. I That was my thing. I was just like... <sighs> I was just like, where's the controversy? Where's the... Like, I've heard no that this co- movie's disturbing. Like, 
what is disturbing? Like, yeah, they, they fuck raw. Like, am I scared for them? Sure. But like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like, I get, there's parts of it that I get, like that I understand and kind of enjoy in terms of this kind of looking at, like, I liked the idea that this was subverted in a way that the woman was hypersexual, not a man. And I feel like there were some interesting points to be made here with like, oh, a woman is in the hypersexual role. The woman is the one forcing the man like to engage with her sexually. I did not like this character, but I, I was interested in seeing that dynamic on screen, especially in 1999, because you don't see a lot of hypersexual women on screen. The like in the part, and especially like in a couple, it's usually the like it's you know in heterosexual couples, it's like the man is the aggressor and the woman is meek. But here, it's it's kind of it's subverted, and I I thought that was in- really fascinating, and I thought that there could be like there's a really interesting story and kind of discussion to be had here about like okay, women can be hypersexual beings, and their appetites like sexual appetites might not be able to be. Like, they're not sexually compatible with their partner. And, like, they're the ones that want to have more sex. And, like, that's, I think, an important conversation to have because I don't think a lot of people think about women as being inherently sexual creatures who have sexual appetites. And, you know, I I was really on board with that. And I just feel like it pitters out. Like, I just, I feel like there's so much potential with this film in terms of looking at a hypersexual woman and her relationship to the world and what it means for her. But then it just kind of falls into this very stereotypical French art house movie. That's a lot about looking out of windows and talking about your feelings rather than any kind of like critical thinking. Yeah, I agree. It's really um, shitty. I was like, I'm going very in on this movie. It's like, and the thing is like, it sounds like we hated it and I didn't hate it. No, I didn't love it. I, I would say it was okay. Like, but it's just, you know, I I'm I usually go into movies without any expectations. This one I felt pretty safe having expectations about, uh, be, you know, knowing how Catherine Briot is um, as a director. She's a little bit unhinged. <laughs> um, yeah, no shit. And maybe it's just in in her ideology in real life she's a bit unhinged because this seems pretty tame. Um. Like I said, usually I go in without any expectations. I felt safe having those expectations this time because I'm like, well, why would everyone say it's a hypersexual movie if it wasn't? I forgot that we are in a nation of pilgrims and uh, (laughs) it's not very sexual at all. Like, Like a little bit, sure. But I would say the most fucking graphic thing in this movie is the birth scene, which I did. Oh my God. I, okay. Just like, so everybody knows and about I birth is the most terrifying thing in the fucking world to me. I hate it. I hate the word birth. I hate any kind of visual representation of birth. I don't know what it is. I just fucking hate it. I don't like that word either. I don't like a lot of words. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Just like thinking about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh God, Dax. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. But, like, that, it was just, like, I saw something on Letterboxd that alluded to, like, a live birth on screen. And I was, like, all right. Like, I'm fine. Like, it's not, like, a horrific trigger. But then this scene is, like, a close-up of her vagina mid-birth of the head coming through her vaginal birth canal. And I was, like, I. You must stop saying birth. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) After it came through the vaginal canal of of her um child child rearing child having child Child having 
getting but, a like, child getting having child it was just it like the more i think about it the more it's like oh is it supposed to be this like imagery big that's like can like the pleasure of sex versus the pain of the product of sex etc 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 and like i get i get i get it art i actually had to look I, away from that baby it was nasty <laughs> Like you nasty little fucking baby. <laughs> ugly I ass hate you. Like fucking ugly ass baby. But then like she has this baby. It was like you see like that trauma of the of the the B word. And then she's just like left on her own with the baby. The trauma. And it's of the basically bitch. the trauma <laughs> of the bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And I'm she's gonna back. Lie. I'm gonna go fart. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Just Welcome back, Mary Beth. Almost shits her pants while recording. I would keep that in. You would, and I would appreciate that. But <laughs> it, it it is just this like. <sighs> well, I actually like the part after the birth, because that's when it goes off the rails. Can you remind me? Um, when she fucking kills her husband. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that's basically the end when she has the baby. Yes. Oh, yeah. She does kill her husband. Yeah. She's like, well, you won't have sex with me. So I just kill you now. <laughs> like that was. Well, also, <laughs> I think, she, you know, part of why she kills him is because um, he made her have a baby. <laughs> and the way he made her out of have a baby, which I. <laughs> that's probably not the right way to say that but they so he does end up having sex with her one time but she makes it weird somehow for him like i think she's like okay you know it, basically like you be the submissive one i'll be the dominant one and he doesn't like that he tries to end it he uh you know comes early and <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure it like barely gets on her and that's how she gets pregnant yeah i I, (laughs) and she's really mad about it she's like how did that get me fucking fucking pregnant and it's like she calls him selfish too she's like yeah that's how the selfish bastard got me pregnant (laughs) which why is she narrating to us the whole time we're watching it that's a question for all filmmakers i guess i can literally see what's happening yeah Like, what does the narration add? It doesn't add much. Like, the the narration had no fucking purpose to me. But doesn't at one point she say, like, I'll have a baby with you? Don't they talk about that, though? Them having a child together? They were discussing, like, she, at the beginning, in one of their, they have, like, multiple conversations in bed. In the, I want to talk about the color real quick after this. But, like, in bed... And she's like trying to touch his his dick again, and he's like, "Please stop touching my dick." And she's like, "But I wanna." And then they talk about kids at some point. Like, I want to have a kid with you. I feel like she says, "Did I make that up?" I don't remember because it was three weeks ago, and I wasn't trying to rewatch this. I feel like they were like talking about it and like wanting to have a child to stay together, but I don't think it was not. It was like done in the wrong. I think the order of that operations actually sounds right. Being- 
But, like, they were having conversations about, like, whoa, we'll have a kid and stay together. Yeah. I, I remember and that vaguely. I was like, oh, this is not how you do things. But. Well, that's how straight what... people do things a lot of times. No offense to the straights out there, but they're like, surely a baby will help. Surely another light, a human life that both depends on us will help. That won't traumatize my child at all. Ah! Um, I'm just full of trauma. But the one thing I wanted to touch on <laughs> was the color, use of color in this movie, where it's like the 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 apartment that she shares with him, which is hysterical because they don't actually live together, but they just stay at each other's apartments. And it's That's how always it should be. I believe it's his apartment and it's all white. Everything is like stark white. Kitchen, bedspread his boxers his clothes and she always wears white so they're always wearing white which are you know like purity whatever the fuck and then there's a point where she starts wearing red which is like again this is like very like film theory 101 with the colors and like like it's not i do not think that i am like cracking some code here with the colors but like it's interesting to think about but also just like okay Catherine briott like so you're gonna do like film school 101 with changing from all white to red why like oh is she bad passion she finally had an orgasm i don't know like i don't know maybe maybe both she does she's treated like the villain like the whole time she is and i didn't like that i didn't like I just feel like she didn't necessarily do anything bad to me. And I think that yeah. we are supposed to think of her as bad. And like, she, she's she, off putting to me. Like, the whole. She's uncomfortable. Like, push, she's pushy with Paul. Like, you know, yeah. if you reverse the roles, you know. That's true. Okay. You're correct. I, I misspoke. She does do wrong things. But I know that. what you're saying, though. She, like, besides that, like. I mean, there's plenty of movies where guys do one thing like that and they're still, like, great. <laughs> or, or you're supposed yeah. to think of them as, like, well, good. It feels like she's being punished constantly for, like, very small transgressions. And not in a yeah. way that feels like, oh, you're really making a statement about women's sexuality. It just feels like, again, Bria is punishing her female characters and punishing them for having sexuality. Yeah, it's not like she's punished for being pushy with Paul. She's punished for having sex, like. Yeah, and, like, there's no, like, meditation. Like, if there was, like, some meditation on that and, like, some, like, discussion about her, like, assaulting her partner. But, like, like we, we never, okay. This is going to be a tangent. I, I don't know. We never get any more any fucking discussion about how men can be sexually assaulted and how men are survivors and can be victims of this just as much as women can and yes it is more often seen in women but like women can also sexually assault men and i i know this movie is not about that but i just always get so frustrated where like women are put in these positions that make them aggressors but we don't have like we don't want to think about it like that or like it's not it's just it it is probably seen to be like impossible like oh the guy is just being an asshole I think that's what it is. I I think that's it's what like, we're oh, supposed to It's like, oh, the guy's an asshole. It. Like, he won't fuck her. It's like, yeah. well, you know, I maybe he doesn't want to have sex with the person who keeps grabbing his, his dick and, like, yeah. forcing him to get intimate. Like, that's probably not the most, like, 
I mean, I don't believe it the most romantic. Like, that's not going to set the mood. And, like, if that's how you're going to establish that this man won't have sex with her and, like, he's the bad guy, then, like, you really just have no concept of, like, any kind of, like, actual sexual politics. Yeah. And it's almost like, (laughs) you know, she's trying to reverse the roles, but in a way that is problematic. Like, I think that she's trying to be like, see, Paul is the woman because Paul doesn't want to have sex. And like, look at this weakling, like this, this like cuck. Yes. And and he's not a cuck because she's allowed to have sex with other people. They talk about it. Yeah. I, I think that she violates some of their like rules a little bit, but like. I can't really remember. I, I'm pretty sure, like, he has, like, some specifications and she probably doesn't listen to it. But, like, she's allowed to go have sex with other people. He wants her to do that. Yeah, you know? because I think he, I, like, it's like there is an understanding where he, like, he himself does not really have a sex drive. Like, he's not, well, well, it seems that way. But then there's these scenes where he's, like, dancing centrally with other women and, like, being very, like, playful and sexual and that is also like very off-putting i think he's bored i think that's what it is just fucking break up with him like just fucking break up with him what is the benefit (laughs) what is he adding to your life she doesn't even seem to really like him that much no like obviously she says she does but but that never is there's never any evidence she always seems upset whenever they go out she's just telling him that he seems miserable <laughs> like the just fucking break up i know i, I wouldn't like, have imagined if that was the case but someone. i am unfortunately not unfortunately but like i am attached to somebody can't relate <laughs> i am am engaged am probably getting married slash am 100 percent getting married in the world i'm not miserable i'm not miserable <laughs> In the words of Jay-Z, me fall in love with a woman, not for nothing, never happen. I'll be forever macking. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I messed up the lyrics. More like, in the words of (laughs) Jay-Z, me give my heart to a woman, not for nothing, never happen. I'll be forever macking. Thank you. I almost just shot seltzer water out of my nose. Um, yeah, okay. I'm also drinking seltzer water. But my partnering style is like complete separation, which um, <laughs> sounds <laughs> like I have problems. Um, but I assure you, I do. Uh, however, these aren't the problems. <laughs> <laughs> I think these, surprisingly, are not the problems. It's actually like relevant to this movie because... Um, I think that more people should have separation like from their partners. Like um, I'm a person who likes separate rooms because I mean, one, I do not sleep and I know that about myself now. And I took like the, you know, we're socialized to think this is my opinion anyway, but um, (laughs) we're, we're socialized to think. That's my opinion. Sorry. (laughs) Um, uh yeah well so my my whole thing is like i feel like we're socialized to think that we need to um sleep next to somebody in order to prove or show or 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 grow to love them yeah um and i don't think that's true i think that's something we just like 
I think a lot of people have like attachment issues and I know I have attachment issues in the other way. Like I don't like to have attachment. I understand that, but I, I have attachment think... issues in the too attached way. So we get well, both that, sides of this. <laughs> we get that's both how ends I think a lot of people are because yeah. I think that they think that's how you're supposed to be. And like, yeah, if that's what works for you. And it's healthy. Cool. Yeah. But for me, like whenever I'm like, yeah, I like to sleep separately from partners because like X, Y, and Z, like I don't sleep right. I have night terrors. I uh, throw and kick and punch in my sleep. Like I don't want to sleep next to somebody right. and like hurt them. That's happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and on top of that, I sleep so lightly that like if you so much as like, like breathe near me, I'm going to wake up like in fight oh my mode. god yeah. yeah okay yeah i i'm just like oh i'm always ready to like run <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so it's like for me it's easier to just sleep separately yeah and and also i just i tend not to sleep uh like i sleep but not very well or or not till very late or long like not for very long like i'll go to sleep really late wake up early you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and like doing schoolwork and shit like that. Like I am a person who likes to be alone anyway. Yeah. And I understand how that can be a problem, but I do think like a lot of the time when I tell people like, Oh, I like to sleep separately or I like having a separate room so I can have my own space and my own stuff. Like, you know, yeah. like I can still live with somebody and have my own room and it doesn't mean I love them any less or, or whatever. Yeah, you, know, so that's... you can still feel intimate with somebody and not be on top of them all the time. And and to be honest, yeah. like, I think like that being like that has worked out a lot better for me because there have been relationships I've been in um, where we didn't have any separation and uh, it, it, it went really bad because yeah. you're just always with them. And I, th I actually think that's part of what's going on in this movie is that Paul just feels like smothered and like, like this, this isn't how I'm not saying I feel bored with anybody. I'm just saying Paul feels bored and smothered and like needs some excitement or whatever. And he feels like she's like overly, not overly attached, but like overly sexual. And like, he wants intimacy in another way. Well, yes, because there's a scene where she's like, oh, he's out. Where is he? And he's eating sushi by himself, reading a newspaper. Yeah, which that's the life. That's the vibe, though. Like, I he's love the main Steve. character that day. I love Steve, but we both absolutely love doing things by ourselves, too. And that is why we work so well. Because I'm like, I'm going to yeah. go to, like, take myself to a movie and dinner. He's like, all right, see you later. He's like, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm like, okay, bye. Like, that rules. that's a it's the best and I think that's important in a relationship and what you see in this movie is like that's not there is like no communication about like what's like what the, the other person needs it's just like what she wants it's not what he what they both need and how they can communicate everyone communicate in your relationships I swear to god it's the best but yeah that's what it comes down to like you can have separation as long as you communicate and respect each other yeah you know, that's like what a relationship is you don't have to be sleeping next to someone or whatever yeah, and, like, it's this code... I feel like this movie has a, it has a lot... Like, there's a lot of codependency, and I think codependency is something that, like, we talk about a lot, 
but I think we are conditioned for codependency, like with what you're yeah. talking about. Like, I, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I feel like we're conditioned to, yeah, exactly. Like we're conditioned to think that like, okay, once we have a partner and we live together, like we have to mesh all of our shit together and we have to like become one person instead of having two separate identities and like, or you can still identities. be your own person. Yeah, not, like you can not still... like in a uh, like multiple personalities way, but like <laughs> I also am a person who doesn't think necessarily most people should be monogamous. Like if that's their choice, cool. Mm-hmm. But like, so, yeah. a lot for a lot of people, I don't think that's a natural choice for them. I think they just do yeah. it because they think they're supposed to. Again, because we're conditioned to think of monogamy is normal. Yeah, and that's what we're supposed to do, and that's not true. And I, yeah, I, getting married has opened my eyes a lot to like the end wedding industrial complex and like, like heterosexual cisgender relationships and like what expectations are and like how people talk about it. And it's very fascinating and very frustrating with how people expect you to like exist as a wife. Like the label, which I have been placed on me as wife, which I don't like very much. Except when like Steve says to my wife, like, like Borat, that's funny. But that's because it's dumb. <laughs> that's fucking stupid and it's hysterical. But it's weird. And I don't know. I was, I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> it's just very... I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's just very strange, like, the expectations people expect of you getting married and what tra- like tradition stuff that goes, not just, like, with a wedding ceremony, but, like, with what it means to be married and like what it means to be in a partnership with somebody and like the concessions that you're supposed to make and the sacrifices you're supposed to make. Like, yeah, I get there's supposed to be some, but like, I think it's very wild that it's like, Oh, nope. All of the things that you like, like all of your alone time is now gone. It's like, actually yeah, that's strange. I need that. Or I will fucking commit a homicide. Well, I just need yeah. to be alone. <laughs> I need to be alone too. And, and I think it's like, I know we're a little off the rails now, but like, who cares about this movie? Um, but <laughs> it's opened up a very interesting conversation about like I relationships. Think so. I think so. I just always find it so odd when like, you know, there's there are people's like parents that I know who never do anything alone. They are always together, and then they wonder why they're always screaming at each other and like hate each other. It's like, why don't you go do something by your fucking self for once? And maybe you won't want to strangle each other. Like, I just don't understand. And, like, I've actually said that to them. I'm like, you know, I have two people in mind right now. And I'm like, why don't you guys, like, you know, like, why don't you go get coffee and, like, you know, your husband can do whatever he wants. And they're like, no, I can't do that. It's like, fucking why? And and the people I'm thinking of are older. (laughs) Their parent, like someone our age as parents and it's like fucking why like i don't understand and i've actually asked them i'm like why and they don't have a reason they're like i just can't do that you know like we're married like what it doesn't mean if that's what that means i'm never doing it i don't care exactly yeah exactly and like oh keep it (laughs) i know i'm like keep it you can have it oh my god it's just so weird relationships are weird it turns out 
Relationships are really weird. Relationships, romantic relationships, family relationships, friendships. They're all fucking weird. It's true. Turns out, um, as you get older, your relationship with your parents gets really fucking weird. That's on my mind a lot. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going there. But, like, that's been my life the past couple of weeks, and it's well, fucking bizarre. That's what you get I'm for not. having parents. <laughs> so you should have thought even, about that. When they're you're not born. even my parents. <laughs> the parents you, I'm dealing with aren't even mine. Well, then he should have thought about it when he was born. <laughs> Steve, come on now, motherfucker. Why did you think about that? <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so that's romance. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with romance? I don't have anything. I just think this movie's boring, and I think that there were some really interesting things that could have been discussed, and they were just left out. I was I was just going to say, you know, it reminded me of a few movies, and I think one of the movies, um, if we ever end up covering it, um, is going to be is going to be the movie that this one wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, it gave me, um, of course, you know, Last Tango in Paris vibes. Um, it it was based or in, based on or inspired by, not based on, inspired by, in the realm of the in the realm of the senses. You know that movie? Uh, I've heard of it. It's French and Japanese. Oh, okay. Um, basically like a a porn but it's a movie okay actually it's a criterion movie fun fact i just bought it (laughs) yeah yeah i i like just bought it oh yeah yeah. okay okay yes 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 i know what this is oh i really want to fucking see this i heard it's so hot yeah i'm i i need to watch this soon but there's like a moment in it that like um i've read about that i just don't want to see so i just keep putting it off (laughs) it has to do with that egg uh oh yeah and then it of course the movie that i was like referring to before that i we might cover i don't know is nymphomaniac it is kind mm-hmm. of like that too it is extent. like nymphomaniac oh, i haven't seen the second one i've only seen the first one it's fine i bored i was i got bored um yeah but not at bored. Least that I don't one, we'll like, talk about goes that. for it you know yeah that one goes for it yes but that yeah well i have a lot of thoughts about that one too but we'll get there yeah other than that no this movie is fine is it worth searching for maybe i don't know if like if sound... you were yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we sold it to you sure go watch it if you're interested in different representations of sex on screen and like looking at how sex can be represented in such a detached clinical way, I think it is worth watching. I think it's a very fascinating look at how erotic films can be inherently on on erotic and not erotic at all. Um, I think Briot's really good at that. Um, I think she's good at that kind of thing, but I don't know if it's always successful and like having necessarily like any kind of like point or message other than just like, I sex is weird. Like, okay. But I mean, it is an interesting, it is an interesting look at how like representations of sex on screen and sex that is obviously like unsimulated sex, but also very clinical sex. So I think, you know, if that's something that's fascinating to you, it's worth a watch. It's kind of boring, but you know 
Yeah, and it's you know, fine. maybe if uh, it's not the most boring movie I've ever seen, and maybe if I had seen it a different day, maybe I'd feel differently. But I saw it that day, and that's how I felt, and I haven't changed my mind. Um, I mean, I had this similar, I had a similar reaction, so I don't think it's necessarily. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's fine, you know. Um, I forgot that I that that quote I was trying to find. Um, I I couldn't find it, you know. I don't know if you remember, but at the title show, I was I, trying to yeah. find a quote. Um, but I found another quote okay. that made me laugh. And I did also take a screenshot of this one. And it was uh, basically Catherine Briott saying that she hired, like, they asked, like, why did you hire Rocco Sofredi to be in this? And she was like, well, one, I wanted to. And then, like, two, um, <laughs> I mean, okay. he's handsome. And French actors today are not handsome, which is so rude. <laughs> It's like Vincent Cassell or Castle. Yeah. How do you say his name? I say it Cassell, but. Okay. Well, Vincent Cassell exists, but I guess he's not handsome to her. She's, She's got a wrong. lot of opinions. She's a, got a, a lot, lot of, of opinions. wrong opinions. <laughs> a lot of wrong opinions. It's true. Um, anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. that was, ro- <laughs> that was romance. Um, next week. Dax, how do you feel about watching a film called Anatomy of Hell? I totally thought you were going to do Abuse of Weakness or whatever. You can also do that one. That's no, two, it's, pick, it's the two. The one. I'm on this ride, okay? So you pick whatever you want to pick. <laughs> Anatomy of Hell is uh, a woman employs a gay man to spend four nights at her house to watch her when she's unwatchable. I, I, I have heard very. What does that mean? I've heard some very interesting things about this movie. I don't know if it's going to be good. At this point, I have no expectations. Maybe it'll be terrible. Maybe not. But it's another one of Catherine Briott's, like, sex films. So we'll see. Oh, and Rocco Sofridi's in it again. Okay. The so, only reason I thought you were going to pick the other one was uh, because Isabel Huppert's in it. That was going to be my next one. Okay. So you can one. your mind. Yeah, you can. The last one's, I think, I think the last one could be... Um, Abusive weakness. Is Anatomy of Hell her first movie? No. This one's from 2004. We're actually okay. like weirdly moving. We're all. No, over. we're not moving chronologically. We were. We we are now moving chronologically. So according to Bria also, Anatomy of Hell is a sequel in, in scare quotes to romance. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm down. That, that actually sounded pretty interesting so there is a cast member there are two cast members named blowjob lover one and blowjob lover two so we'll see i was gonna make a joke but i really feel like that speaks for itself yep yeah i'm down sounds good cool great so thanks y'all for listening um thank you all for being so patient with me while i figure out some stuff with my family and my life um you guys are great, and I appreciate everyone who's reached out. Um, so uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Wona Podcast. That's at W-O-N-A Podcast. You can also send us an email at WonaPodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at M.B. McAndrews. And I'm at Daxi Bobbin. All of that stuff is in the show notes if you need to, to spelling, whatever the hell. Um... Thanks all for listening. Uh, make sure to 
review, a subscribe, and all that good stuff to help us get up in those ratings. And rate. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. I was like, I'm forgetting one of them, but I can't I remember what it is. I was like, like <laughs> and subscribe. What's the other one? I don't fucking know. Dax will help me if he remembers. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.